In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows on Extra 106.3. Welcome into Extra 106.3, Atlanta's only conservative talk station. I am your weekend host, Ben Burnett. Grateful to have all of you as a part of the program today and this weekend. We have a lot of things on the show. In this second segment, about, I don't know, 15 minutes, I've got Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. The certificate of need, the hospital monopoly. We're going to talk about Funny Willis, her investigation into him. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about sports betting. We're going to talk about his relationship and friendship with Donald Trump. you got to be careful saying relationship now, you know, after all the funny Willis allegations. It is going to be really exciting. 23 minutes of a lot of people don't think these folks like Burt Jones are just regular guys. And let me tell you, that is one of the most regular dudes in all of political circles anywhere across America. He's very popular. He does a lot of super cool things. He reaches across the aisle a lot. Cares deeply for communities with minority backgrounds. I think Burt Jones is somebody that Georgia would be very, very proud of to have represent them in the next phase. Should he decide to run for governor? Hell, maybe we'll ask him about whether or not he's going to run for governor, too, since Brian Kemp is term limited out. The biggest story in the week happened last weekend, and this is a sad one. I grew up in a military household. I remember being in elementary school when Desert Storm was going on. Father was in the United States Marine Corps. I remember sitting as an elementary schooler at night elementary every single night, hoping that the phone wouldn't ring because I was always nervous that I was going to have to go without six or nine or 12 months without my dad. And this week, the Houthi rebels, an Iranian-backed organization, was flying a drone over Jordan, And the intelligence community and the Department of Defense got confused because we had a drone landing. We, the Americans, had a drone landing at the same time. They kind of got it wrong, which, which honestly, I mean, it happens. You expect, I think there's a lot of positive intent in the intelligence community. I think there's a lot of positive intent with the DOD. I don't take anything away from that. We can complain about the money spent. We complain about whether or not we should be in the Middle East. We should, we can talk about all those things. That background I had growing up as a little kid living all over the country, it, it has shaped me. I still am one of the guys, you can't see the reunions. I post them on Twitter. I post them on Instagram all the time. You can't see the reunions of service members with their kids and their wives and families. And I mean, it's still one of those things. And I imagine a lot of us are much the same way. Everybody's been impacted by having a family member who's been deployed in some form or fashion. And there's just nothing like it. And three Georgians, and maybe and maybe it hits a little bit closer to home because these folks are from southwest Georgia. Three service members were killed as a part of that drone attack. All three Georgians, all three in the Army Reserve. 
And President Biden, towards the end of the week, went to Dover Air Force Base when they were returning the bodies to the United States in order to return our service members to their loved ones and go through the extremely regal and ritualistic active duty burial funeral. If you've never seen one, you know, they don't happen all the time when there's not a lot going on. Look, you've got fire trucks, you've got police cars, you've got ambulances, you've got everything. You have never seen anything in America. It's beautiful, like a active duty military procession. And it's sad. I mean, it pulls at me anytime you see something like that. American flags, people on the interstates, you name it. I mean, we've all been there at some point. And my heart goes out to them. It, there's a lot of things we can talk about politics for the other 55 minutes of the show. My heart hurts for those families because they'll never be the same. There's no call from the president that you could ever get that will make that feel like your life is whole again. And so I'd be remiss if we started the show this week with absolutely anything else. Keep those families in your thoughts and prayers. It is just, it's hard It's hard to watch. It's beautiful, but it is just hard. It's so, everybody, There's even the people among us who don't have a ton of empathy, man, I think all the time, is that going to be my kids? Is that going to be my boys? Is that going to be my daughter? I hope not. And the truth is, is that you, the, these folks that volunteer to serve our country, especially in the enlisted ranks, what are they making? Twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars a year? It's not a lot. They get sent to the four corners of the earth, and plenty of them are undesirable places. Always remember that. You know, it's one of the great things. It's one of the things I love the most about the show is that not everything I have the opportunity to talk about are things that people fundamentally disagree with. And I think that it's extremely important to always remember the people who ultimately are willing to give everything on behalf of the protection and the safety of our country, the American people. On the heels of that, later in the week, you saw lots of the chief executive officers from Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of TikTok, people from Twitter or X, Discord, Snapchat, Instagram, all of them. You guys have all probably heard the clip with Josh Hawley talking about what social media is doing to children in this country. And the, and the social media companies, they by and large have immunity from what people put on social media, which I kind of understand it's a difficult thing to regulate. And at the same time, I think social media has been one of the real downfalls of the last generation. You can't, it's no, there's no putting toothpaste back in the tube. There's a lot of emotional distress. There's a lot of depression. Look, I, I'm on Instagram. I'm a frequent Instagram user. To me, I think Instagram is probably, and look, I do it to promote the show. I do it for the fan club. I know that it's fun. We talk about the things that are important. I don't spend a ton of time on Instagram. I'm not scrolling through pictures of your kids. I'm not scrolling through pictures of the happy family photos, wherever you're going. I, it's not me, but I do that for my own good. And I think there's a separate conversation. I think all of these social medias, I think all of these social medias have exemptions and immunity from the things that people post on social media. And you're starting to see people like Josh Hawley, Lindsey Graham and Elizabeth Warren who don't see eye to eye on a lot. And I named two Republicans and a Democrat. Even the two Republicans don't see eye to eye on a whole lot. Everybody who was a part of that hearing in the United States judiciary earlier this week was exactly on the same page. I think social media has huge problems and, and political ramifications. And I do think that there are things that need to be regulated. But I'll also tell you this. If you're a parent, you have the ability to regulate what your kids do. 
And you have the ability to regulate who they talk to. You have the ability to determine the access that they have to the internet. And you have the ability to determine whether or not they can be on social media. There's a ton of peer pressure out there to, well, I want to be on social media because Zoe's on social media and I want to be able to see what picture she has and Snapchats and all sorts of things. Let me tell you something. At this point, I think I am entirely okay if my children graduate from high school and go to college and they never have a social media account until they get to school. They can keep up with people the old-fashioned way. As the hell, some of my, to the exact point, some of my best friends in the entire world, Facebook became a thing when I was a sophomore, a junior at Samford University. And I remember it was back in the glory days when you had to have a .edu email address. Plenty of you above the age of 30 and under the age of 45 remember when, when Facebook was literally for college students, and that was it. And the best relationships that I still have in the entire world are with people that I didn't have a social media mostly, mainly, relationship with. They're from all over the country. We're on group text even now, my friends from high school, my friends from college. And to me, those are the founded relationships. They knew when you took pictures and you'd put them on your refrigerator instead of post them onto Instagram or TikTok. I think America is a great place. I think the innovation that takes place is remarkable. But I don't think everything about 2024 is better than it was in 2004. In fact, I don't think we're as good a country as we were then. You saw some of the divisive things take place around 2000 with Al Gore and George W. Bush, and the country kind of changed a little bit with respect to it. And social media was still about five years from really taking off. Can you imagine if George W. Bush had been in that Supreme Court hearing on whether or not he could be the president? In the social media age, I mean, that was still a huge story. I remember every single detail about it. But if that were today and the Democrats had the opportunity to talk about election integrity and election deniers and insurrections and things like that, I think the January 6th Capitol riots were a terrible thing. I wonder what would happen if that story were painted in 2000 or in 1980. I don't think it would be the salacious thing that it is today. Certainly, it's likes, clicks, things like that, and it drives a lot of what Washington chooses to focus on. And I think that social media is wrong for a lot of people. Like, I've already talked to you about the maturity aspect. But if you took social media out of politics, and look, I'm afraid you can say whatever you want to say on social media. I'm not going after you. I think the country would be a better place. I think that 80% of us would realize that we didn't hate each other. I think that all the Democrats kind of look at 51, 52, 53% of the Republicans and the Republican populace on the whole. And social media has weaponized us to be enemies with one another. And I don't really feel like I have any enemies. That's one of the things, like, as, as I've kind of turned a lot of this stuff off, I think that a lot more of us probably should. Coming up in the next segment, I've already told you, I've got Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. He is going to be right in the studio, to be honest with you. We recorded it Thursday. The entire podcast will be out next Tuesday. Guys, it's hilarious. I've already told you, he's he's as average a guy walking around. He played football at the University of Georgia. He's really been the champion in the state of Georgia. If you're a 680 The Fan listener, Burt Jones is your champion. If you want sports gambling and sports wagering, and you want to be able to get on the app like you hear the Braves and the Hawks and the Falcons all get behind this so that they can boost engagement. 
Bird Jones has been the driving force for that issue for nearly a decade. And I actually think that Georgia is about to have the opportunity to do it. You saw earlier this week, candidly, I was in the office when it happened. Over two-thirds of the Georgia Senate approved the measure and sent it over to the House. I think it puts the House under a lot of pressure to really get it right. But you look, there's all kinds of states. Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, they all have sports gaming, sports betting. And the religious folks hate it. But let me tell you something. On some level, the rest of the country has moved on. And we have decided that we are a people who are in favor of the individual liberty to allow us to sports gamble. And by the way, I will probably never be that guy, but I will always defend your right to do that if that's what you want to do. Catch the Ben Burnett Show and that Burt Jones interview on Tuesday. You'll catch a snippet, probably two-thirds of the interview coming up here in the second segment. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram, at the Ben Burnett Show. This is Extra 106.3 Atlanta's only conservative talk station, and I'll be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. My name is Ben Burnett. My guest today is a repeat offender, Lieutenant Governor, now Lieutenant Governor, Burt Jones. Burt, welcome to the show. Ben, it's so good to see you today, and I, I appreciate you coming down here and visiting us here at the Capitol. Hey, I got this. This is field trip day right. for the Ben Burnett Show. We don't go places often. A- after year one, year two, how, how long does it take to really get your sea legs under you? Having served in the Senate before I became lieutenant governor, it it probably made the transition a lot easier than for somebody who would be totally new to the whole process. So, really and truthfully, I I, I didn't I didn't feel there was a huge transition. There was a lot more volume as far as meetings and things of that nature. But look, I I was very fortunate. I hired some really good people. I couldn't ask for three better people. You know, work for me that have just good walking what I call good walking around sense, but also have a lot of institutional knowledge and uh, they do, they do a great job. Obviously, Lorianne's my chief of staff and Brad heads up my uh, policy division. And of course, Enos is, uh, she's kind of, she's kind of a jack of all trades, but she's a media slash healthcare uh, advisor and all kinds of other things. Cause she's got a good, got a good resume herself. So you have a couple of legislative priorities, and I can put words in your mouth, but I would rather you tell me about what you were really excited about coming into the 2024 legislative session, and I may take them in order, and I may not. Right. I'm a business guy at heart, as you know, Ben, and I and I am always looking to try to alleviate uh, regulations, taxes that that hurt businesses or slow businesses down. Uh, so that we were um, have always been focused on 
uh, continuing to lower our state income tax, and that's something we're uh, doing again this year. Uh, we uh, we did the rollout of what we call the red tape rollback. You know, where we're getting rid of a lot of regulatory uh, items that are on the books right now. Uh, and um, and of course, you know, we're going to be bringing uh, tort reform because we've been hearing from the business community about tort reform, uh, and uh, and uh, the something that we did today that was on the agenda. I think you, I think you're a fan of it. I don't know. I'll, I'll know here in a second, but it was a sports betting agenda that we had, but workforce developments and another big uh, thing that we've been pushing through all technical schools and universities and everything else. So, I mean, just, and healthcare trying to get at, um, uh, provide, uh, better access to healthcare is something that, uh, we've been focused on. And so it's a lot of things, it's a lot of things that take a lot of time. And, uh, but, uh, we feel like they're all with this is, it's good government because it's trying to shrink the scope of government and, and be more um, more consumer friendly. I did not put this in the notes, but I am actually going to start with certificate of need. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think we agree on probably 85 or 90 percent of the overall issues. I think most Republicans do agree on a high percentage of issues. Talk about what issues you talk. First of all, talk about the certificate of need and what it is today and how it is bad for average people who walk around looking for access to health care and talk about what you are ultimately seeking to do. Yeah. Well, certificate of need, for those who don't know, is it's a really an archaic uh, a, a, a bureaucratic system that's in place that really prevents competition. So, say if you have a hospital. Ben, I think you're in Alpharetta, right? Well, if you have, but y'all are blessed up there because y'all have a lot of, of, of good facilities that are there. Not and not every community has uh, probably access to every specialist you could have, as well as um, hospitals or emergency rooms and things of that nature. Uh, but there's a lot of communities here in the state that don't have good access. Well, what the certificate of need prevents from happening um, is uh, every time, say, if you and I want to go start us an orthopedic center. Uh, I could I could do you one better. When I sat on the city council in Alpharetta, Dr. James Andrews. Oh yeah, that perfect example. Wanted to open a facility. Yep. In Alpharetta. Yep. And Northside and Wellstar. I remember that. Complained to the high heavens, and he came back again trying to do it again, and still couldn't get anywhere. So, it, although it is dis- disadvantageous to communities that struggle with a lack of resources, mm-hmm. it's also disingenuous and bad for people who have access. If I could find a fifth provider or a sixth provider, might it make things more affordable for me? Right, right. Competition, baby. And I think they were talking about doing like a, I think uh, it was was like a $70 million, you know, it was going to be investment. I mean, it's going to be, yeah, it was going to be really nice. And that's a national brand too, that they turned away because of some bureaucratic policy, you know, and hospitals. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's all there to protect, the folks who were already in the business, you know, it's that old saying, you know, everybody hates a monopoly except the ones who are benefiting from it. <laughs> well, the ones who are, who were uh, involved, the ones who are already established, well, they're benefiting by the certificate of need being in place. And I just don't think that's right. And uh, so we want to, we want to get rid of, if not all of it, a portion of it. I know school choice is something that Senator Greg Dolezal has pushed even before it was a cool Republican thing to do. Sure. Talk about the odds that are in place and what the bill seeks to do that is on the floor 
in the 2024 cycle. Yeah, this is something we were proud. It's the first time it's happened. We got it done last year and put it over in the house's lap. Uh, for, obviously, it's a biennial, so it's a two-year process that we have. But we passed it out of the Senate, overwhelming support, got it into the house. You know, we, I've been working with the speaker, and I think we're I think we're going to get it done this year. But it's essentially, I mean, it's the it's the it is the most uh, to me it's a no brainer because it it empowers uh, parents, it gives uh, kids an option, it gives them a choice. Because the way it's structured is the money follows the child, and if you're in a a, a failing school system you now, and uh, you have no other option. Uh, this bill would give you an option to either go to a private school or another charter school or something like that, and the money would follow you. The state dollars, not the local dollars, just the state dollars. Uh, ben, I had more mothers coming up to me last year at the recreation department when I'd be out there watching my kids play soccer, my daughter play soccer. But I had more mothers come up to me. And they, most people, I've been, I've been in Georgia politics for 10 years. Most people don't even know, they think I go to D.C., you know. Right. They don't keep up with what goes on here, yeah. you know. You leave here and don't feel quite as famous. Yeah, but yeah, but, but they, they don't pay attention to what goes on in state politics. That, that was, the school choice issue was the one issue where I was, I was at the grocery store, at the ball fields, I was getting questions from just rank and file citizens because they wanted it to have an opportunity for their children to be able to take advantage of it. What is in the sports betting bill? What would the money go to? What would the money go to? And is 2024 the year that Georgia finally becomes a place of individual freedom? <laughs> well, we passed it today. Uh, I mean, and uh, so we got it out of the Senate. Yeah. Look, it is one of those things. I have pushed this issue you know, you would think I'd be some sort of uh, degenerate, you know, gambler. degenerate gambler, but I'm not even that. I don't even know how the I don't even know how the apps work for these things, you know. But I don't have a problem with it, you know. If somebody wants to do it, they ought to be able to do it. I mean, we should be uh, taking advantage of the revenue dollars from it, and uh, and because it was we're going to uh, put it towards Hope Scholarship and 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 education and uh, and and I think. As, as those demands on our Hope Scholarship continue, because you have so many children qualifying for Hope Scholarship at our great universities and everything, you got to feed it, you know? And this is just another way of, of getting easy revenue dollars for something, as you and I both know, is already going on, and the state of Georgia is just missing out on the opportunity to seize on um, those revenue dollars that would benefit Hope Scholarship and pre-K programs. Are you looking at a constitutional amendment or what are your thoughts? Is it going to be one of those it wins by one, it wins by two kind of things and the courts are going to have to fight it out. That's my fear. You know, it was, it was interesting because uh, I will say it, it got amended today and uh, Bill Cowsert from Athens actually and uh, put a uh, constitutional amendment trigger uh, was the amendment uh, uh, that he put on the bill, uh, which means the House will have an option to either try to pass it as a constitutional amendment or they'll be, or take it off and just pass it as with a simple majority. So it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there. Um, you guys cleared it with two-thirds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had the numbers. I've, I've never seen it that strong before in the Senate. So, you know, it took some, it took some last-minute – Negoti- horse trading, so to speak. Uh, pardon the pun. We'll call it negotiating. Yeah, ne- Lieutenant <laughs> Governor. <laughs> uh, there at the end, it it was negotiating because, uh, quite frankly, we were all pretty much in agreement of where 
what need to happen with it, where the revenue dollars need to go and everything. The, the only real debate we've had is whether or not it ought to be a, a constitutional amendment or not. So. I think if you could do it, it would be a resounding message. Clearly, you guys did. If the House would take the same thing, I think the naysayers to it. And look, I'm, I'm with you, man. We could sit at the casino all day long, and I'll probably just go to the buffet and watch the game. I'm yeah. not. It doesn't move me. Doesn't it? Doesn't me? No, never has. I don't know why, but. But I, I also think the country in general has changed. And when you see states that are more conservative than Georgia, sure, put things out there. It's like. Guys, on, on some level, we start to look foolish mm-hmm. because we can't we can't get there. And who fundamentally disagrees with higher education and pre-K? Right, right. I mean, it's pretty pretty easy issues to put money towards. And I agree with you. I'm I I can go to Vegas and I could walk around casinos all day long. Okay. And, and Me and never, you'll be at a Broadway show. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. An, an Elvis show there. So. Celine Dion, hadn't she been? I would. There? Y- y- <laughs> let, let's let's go here for a second. If we're gonna go to Vegas, are we we gonna go see the Backstreet Boys and Celine Dion? Is that the Burt Jones Ben Burnett like date I, date I, night? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable talking about that, Ben. But uh, yeah. but uh, Chicago. <laughs> Well, who was it that is playing out there right now? There was something. My wife Jan wanted to go see somebody out there. I hadn't been to Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas in ten years. So. Yeah, I'm probably about to say it's definitely been before COVID. Yeah, so that was the bastion of freedom. Wouldn't mind going for the Super Bowl. I heard I hear they have an amazing uh, stadium out there that they. I want to go see the Sphere. It's like an all LED thing on the outside. Just yeah. YouTube it when we're done. Sure. It, but YouTube, YouTube has been. That's probably who she wants to go see. YouTube's been playing at the Sphere. They've got like 40 dates and they're all sold out. Like I feel like. I could listen to Where the Streets Have No Name and all the lights. And yeah, you too. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Maybe we'll go do that one. I don't know about the uh, Celine Dion or not. So I've, I we could probably Burt Jones and Bibber. Oh, I could I go for charity. I know. <laughs> my, yeah, there you go. There you go. It was, I know what it was. My, my wife wanted to go see Adele. That's who it was. Oh, man. Yeah. Have you ever seen her? I've never seen her in concert, no. Dude. Yeah. I, I mean, she looks, I mean, she sounds amazing on TV, you know. I've, I've, she does, and she looks amazing now. Oh, does she? You, you started to go there, and then you like self-corrected. <laughs> I I want to get to something a little bit harder. Okay, Fulton County and the District Attorney Funny Willis. Yep, has never been overly friendly to Burt Jones. Come on now, even probably, and and I'll be honest with you, I sat in elected office when she was running against right. a guy that was very disliked amongst Republicans and Democrats. Yep. And she ran about as nonpartisan a message as you could run. Yeah. And it has been anything but that. Oh, yeah. And you have seen, one, I don't think prosecutors necessarily need to be hosting fundraisers for opponents of... People they're trying to go after. (laughs) People that they're (laughs) trying to go after, for starters. But, I mean, you've been, at certain points, you've been intimately involved. I know the legislature is taking steps to have some prosecutorial oversight in ways. But it sure seems dirty in the current form. Yeah, yeah. Talk about what that experience has been to your life through various phases. Because, you know, it's like I said, we probably agree on 87% of the issues, Mm -hmm. but... And I'm not a Donald Trump apologist like you are, but I don't like when bad. I just like lower gas prices, a secure border, and lower groceries, man. You know, sure. I mean. Go go on, but <laughs> I do not. I do not like when people in power 
left or right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the wrong thing. Abuse, abuse their office. Yeah, no question. That thing has been a complete circus. I, I'm, I'm not even shy about it. I mean, for three years now, uh, she has used her office uh, for nothing but uh, self promotion, and and what looks like, based on these allegations, are out there. It looks like. You know, she's been prosecuting for profit, you know, is what it looks like. But she's definitely been using it as a political tool for self-promotion. Look, when she she got disqualified from investigating me because uh, of her, you know, throwing the fundraiser for her friend that I was running against for lieutenant governor. Who wasn't going to win. Who wasn't going to win, no. But he used to work for her. I mean, they were buddies. I mean, that was. And that's not illegal. That's not illegal. No, it's not illegal. But it's not necessarily smart. No, it's not necessarily smart. <laughs> you know, having a relationship with somebody in her office isn't illegal. It's not necessarily smart, though. But uh, we're going to find out, you know, what all else is there. But I will tell you this. I was an elected official at the time, and I don't apologize uh, to for a, a questioning things that went on during the 2020 election. No because, question. Because there were so many allegations out there. There were so many people who came with legitimate complaints about various things, and we could go in through the whole list of things that I ran into. And But that's essentially what she is going after, these, these people. Now, the media... Our friends in the um, mainstream media want to sensationalize it and act like everybody who questioned the election is just an insurrectionist. They're not patriots and all this other kind of stuff. They're not saying the same thing about Stacey Abrams, who's never conceded the 2018 election against Kemp. Which she lost in a three-way race, by the way. Exactly. That gets left out. Yeah. They don't, they don't ever question Hillary Clinton saying that in 2016 that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president because of the whatever. And then they don't ever question like Al Gore back in 2000, you know. The dimpled chads. There you go. So, but she has managed to um, take that uh, initiative, use what they call a special grand jury, and and like I said, draw this investigation, a investigation out for just years now on end and uh, and I think you're I think you're seeing I I would be willing to bet that the almost million dollars that she's paid her uh, looks like a friend a special friend there I bet that's just the tip of the iceberg of what they've spent down there and the waste the waste of taxpayer dollars that has gone into that effort so she is indicted over a dozen people some of them have settled, and plenty of them are like, "Hell no, I want my day in court." But, but and, look what they've settled for, Ben. Oh, most I of, most of them parking tickets for, and, exactly. and, and, and three thousand dollars fines, twenty five hundred dollars fines. And to be know? honest with you, I'm not a guy of significant means, and if you told me that I could pay a fine and not pay a million dollars in legal fees, mm-hmm. and I could move on with my life, I may very well be completely innocent. I would have to look long and hard at taking a deal like that. Sure you would. Just to mitigate. But that's wrong. That's that's the only reason why. I guarantee that's the only reason why those people have uh, cut plea deals is because they've run out of resources. I will tell you right now, even though I have been, I, I, I got recused from her and got put into the special prosecutors, I've had to, be, I've had to pay legal fees for that. And I can't imagine. I know my legal fees have been ridiculous, and uh, in my opinion. And I can't imagine... Somebody who's uh, who's been. Do you, in, do you want to let that number out on the radio? No, nah, I will. I will. 
I will when you're done with them. <laughs> when when, uh, when everything gets gets put in gets put in the rearview mirror. So, but I, you know, I, I look and see, I'm, and I'm the guy who's told you, like, I'm a Trump 2016 and a Trump 2020 voter. I'm the, the guy who's just ready to do something else, and I recognize that I'm not going to get my way. Right. But I also recognize that people who ask questions and want to spend their own resources as something that is a part of the public process doesn't make them criminals. Right. And not everybody who has been indicted is a guy like our friend Bob Cheeley. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who, who's a lawyer. Who's a lawyer. Who's representing people. And, and <laughs> I struggle with that because it you should. It, well, if a guy of, who spends his own money who wants to go seek what he thinks is ultimately the right thing, when we start criminalizing this, we do not have a country left. Mm-hmm. The Democrats specifically have turned exact into exactly what they always accused the Trump people of being in 2016. When you look at Vladimir Putin and Alexei Navalny and locking your political enemies in jail, I don't want to live there on right. either side. And I wouldn't want you to do it to somebody else. Right. Think about this, Ben, and because uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of substance there. We go way deep down the rabbit hole if you wanted to. But just this past summer, the state election board filed a complaint against Fulton County and and investigated uh, their procedural process in Fulton County during the 2020 election. They conceded. They signed a consent order that they had human error uh, error in the 2020 election, and they know they do. They at least double counted 3,600 votes. That didn't even get a play in the news media. And it was only a 10,000 vote delta. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and 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 I say that okay, that doesn't change the outcome, but that gives you plenty of grounds if you were somebody questioning it. If you were questioning it, what what she's accusing these people are doing. It gives them it gives them the validation of a reason why they should question it. You know, I want to get to something light and airy. You have spent a lot of time in your career as a legislator and the lieutenant governor to this point, sure, dealing with workforce development, mm-hmm. and you are seeking to do something I have not seen anybody do, and I don't think this has gotten the airplay that it deserves with the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Talk about what you are seeking to do and how you are reaching out to people who may not necessarily be your voters. Sure, sure. I've been one of those, uh, Ben, I've always had a real independent streak about me, and uh, I never have been a party line guy on anything. But we have so much opportunity here in, in the state of Georgia with business opportunities, with businesses growing, new businesses coming to our state. But the one thing that we all have in common is we got a labor force shortage, right? I, the only way we're going to, we're not going to be able to just import people in here to, to fill these jobs. We're going to have to grow it organically. And I said, so that's why I've been uh, focused on doing things like uh, working with our K through 12 system with college and career academies, working with our technical colleges, working with HBCUs. I, I said, we want, I want to find out what each one of these institutions do well and how they can fit and how the kids that they are grad or going through their programs, how they can benefit the Georgia economy as a whole. Uh, Fort Valley State has a great uh, agricultural program down there. 
uh, a guy from Alpharetta, I know big, you know, agriculture doesn't, doesn't resonate with you, but it's not I can, true. I can assure you that milk doesn't get on the, on the, uh, I've had Tyler right? Harper on this show and he told me that he was going to take me to milk cows and like run, like he told me he put me in a no cab tractor. I was like, I want those photos. Oh, I'd yeah. need them if I ever run for office again. I have, well, that's true. <laughs> that's just true. You got to know the ag the community. I can't just put on the fancy new jean jacket and the <laughs> rifle I just took out of the box and expect to get anywhere, Bert. You know that. Uh, you leave that alone (laughs) i'm not gonna touch that one but (laughs) i do think it's funny 2026 is around the corner and i do believe unless something changes that governor brian kemp is term limited out yeah yeah i i venture to guess this is not the first time you've had somebody ask this question but i'm gonna try to be the guy who gets you to say it well you know ben we're uh, gonna concentrate on defeating joe biden in 2024 (laughs) You sound like my consultants, you know. Uh, what are you doing, man? You know, I never thought I'd run for lieutenant governor, to tell you the truth. So I, I, I really, I am really one of those guys that I don't, I don't map these things out because. Uh, are you going to give me like the the man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his path? Kind no, of? no, I, I wasn't going in that direction. I wasn't going in that direction, you know. Uh, but I. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna play it by ear. As you well know, I had a long day today. I can't. I, 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 after a day like today, I wonder what in the world I'm doing. Sometimes I'm know? just trying to get a Georgia football legend, Burt Jones, to jump off sides. <laughs> He's gonna slip up and do it. Oh man, we'll see. We'll see. How about I come on your show if I get ready to do something? I'll come. To, I'll give you the exclusive on it if you really want it. I don't know. Your listeners might not care. I don't know. No, they would love it. <laughs> It would be it would be funny and it would be really great to stick it in Greg Bluestein's eye. Uh. <laughs> I know. Long long fans. Burt Jones uh. is L- Lieutenant Governor. I got casual. Lieutenant Governor Burt uh, Jones. It's just Burt, man. Just call me Burt, please. It is always good to see you, man. We'll do it again next year. Maybe the answer will be a little bit different. No, we need to do it for next year. I mean, we don't need to have this Well, so you have to change jobs or get a felony to come on more than once in a calendar well, we, year? Well, we don't want that. And I don't well, – yeah. I, I, for your I sake. Mean, maybe, I mean, maybe the job change, but not Tw- the felony. So. 2025. 20, <laughs> this is Extra 106.3 Atlanta's only conservative talk station. We will be right back. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility, and it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's only conservative talk station, Did you guys see this week that Ron DeSantis in 2023 spent $154 million, $154 million, and won second place in the Iowa caucuses and left the race just a couple of days later? I think Ron DeSantis is a wonderful governor. I think in 2024, 2023, previous to that, 
I think he was America's Republican governor. He took on all the social issues. He's done a remarkable job. Florida has seen growth in the United States of America, second only to the state of Texas. I think the guy has a ton of answers. There was only ever one problem with him wading into the race for president of the United States. Donald J. Trump. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll probably say it another hundred times before the year is over. I'm not the biggest Donald Trump fan in the world because I think he lacks the ideology that it ultimately takes to be a quote-unquote conservative. But he has the name ID. He's got the gravitas. He's got everything else. And at this point, it is his party. It is amazing when you back up and think about what Ron DeSantis did or didn't do, as the case may be. $154 million in expenses over the last year roughly amounts to $6,500 per vote in the Iowa caucuses. That was clearly not what he was gunning to do. He had a ton of momentum in early 2023. I think a lot of people thought that if somebody was going to dethrone President Trump off the Republican ticket, it was going to be him. I was one of them. The DeSantis people at Never Back Down reached out to me about publicly supporting and endorsing Ron DeSantis. And to be honest with you, I really wanted a reason to do it. But when you get in front of people and you have to have a message that resonates on a national scale... Nobody cares about what you did in the state of Florida. And look, you can't take anything away from what he has done in the state of Florida. But what is the pathway to the presidency in America? You look at Trump. I mean, I'll give the guy credit. He has a brand and a following and a low donor machine that people should be incredibly envious of. He has shown you that the little people and the influencer stack up and down American politics is really all that matters. When you look at the results from the Trump administration, the first go around, you look at the tax reform that he had with Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. If you ask me what I think the greatest thing that Donald Trump did, it was two things. One, he held the Republicans firmly to their agenda and he made them vote on it up and down. He took plenty of wedge issues that the Republicans had used forever and he made them execute on some of them. And then some of them, he put them on the public record. It was always determined with Obamacare that the Senate was going to go first. And he couldn't help himself with his ongoing feud at the time with Senator John McCain. And it ultimately cost him. In the last year, I've had Secretary of Health and Human Services Tom Price on the show. And, you know, I just candidly asked him because I know some of the insider goings on and things that happened and things that didn't happen. And I thought it was important to ultimately put that on the record. How you treat people is going to matter moving forward. And that is the message that I would give President Trump now. I think the days of him talking poorly about Nikki Haley should be over. For one reason and one reason alone, he's already got it won. One of the most important lessons that you can ever learn in public service is to not punch down. If you sit on a city council, you look like a real jerk. If you continue to go after some HOA president who has the authority and governing power of a neighborhood. In the General Assembly, Brian Kemp doesn't publicly fight with a whole bunch of legislators because he's smart and he has what it ultimately takes to drive his agenda forward. And look, they're not all wins. It's not all rose-colored glasses. He has a Republican House and a Republican Senate. I promise you. Governor Kemp doesn't have the opportunity to execute on absolutely everything that he wants to do. And at this point, 
saying what I just said about Ron DeSantis and how even the Trump folks, they love Ron DeSantis, and they should. He governs a state probably with as pure a conservative ideology as you ever should. But that doesn't mean that even if you have $154 million in your super PAC, that you have a message that resonates with people in Iowa whose only experience with the state of Florida is that one time they went to the Orange Bowl to watch the Iowa Hawkeyes or one time they took their family to Disney World for spring break. It becomes ever more clear as 2024 continues to mount that this election is about one issue and one issue alone. And I think Ron DeSantis would have ultimately done the same thing, but it is about the border and it is about immigration and it is about our American way of life. I think that President Donald Trump ultimately has what it takes to solve our immigration problems and deal with the illegal immigrants that are coming across the border. I think he, because they're not the same thing. You shouldn't have amnesty. You shouldn't just be able to claim that you were an asylum seeker and come into this country while you were being persecuted from the nether regions of Mexico because it's total crap. And I really, truly think that he's the only person in the entire ethosphere of American politics that has the ability to get it done. And I think that he is willing to use executive orders, like much like Biden has and Biden hasn't, over his student loan debt forgiveness. President Biden has shown you that just because you can't get something done legislatively doesn't mean that you can't accomplish your ultimate goal. There are all sorts of vehicles and money pots that Donald Trump is going to be able to pull from in order to secure the border. My biggest fear and what will ultimately be my biggest regret is that four years isn't enough time. And if he had been a more competent leader with a Republican House and a Republican Senate, he really truly might have had the opportunity to do that. But we have to take the wins where we can get them. And Donald Trump is the right guy to lead this country forward on immigration. And it is not the second or third issue in this country. It's number one. The economy is doing fine. Even though the Republicans are going to try to poo-poo how we're doing, we could definitely do better. But immigration is the singular focused issue for the 2024 primary. I want to thank Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones for being my guest today on the Ben Burnett Show, the pride of Jackson, Georgia, standout college football player at the University of Georgia, Burt Jones has done a remarkable job, and he burns that Senate candle at both ends. You've seen in the last week he's put forward things where Governor Kemp has balked at doing tort reform. Burt Jones isn't stopping there. You've seen him pass a sports betting bill. He ain't stopping there. You've seen what he's been able to do, and he's luring Democrats over. When you look at the college and career academies and his relationship with the historically black colleges and universities— I think Burt Jones is going to be a very, very tough force to reckon with in a 2026 Georgia general election or a primary. And look, if Donald Trump is the president in this country, nobody in the state of Georgia has been more loyal to President Donald Trump than Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. He was the first guy to publicly support him and endorse him in 2016. And there is a loyalty factor that supersedes anything else with that man. And I don't care who else wades into the race. If Donald Trump is in the White House, Burt Jones is going to be your next governor of the state of Georgia. You can catch the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesday, I'm going to put out the entire Burt Jones interview. 
It's about 40 minutes long. We cut it for radio, but it was that good. I mean, the guy is incredibly entertaining. If you've never had the chance to meet him and get out there, you should definitely do it. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram, at The Ben Burnett Show. It is my privilege to come to you guys each and every weekend. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's only conservative talk station. Go download the show. Give it five stars. Leave me a review. You can get it anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, any of them. Or you can even find it at the podcast park. Good to talk to you guys. We will see you next week. Make it a good one. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps it $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 